Today, our, our message is changed lives, crazy changed lives. I, I got one question for you. Are you ready to get crazy? On Tuesday, November 20th, 2007, I was arrested for shoplifting. When I would go into the stores, I would go in with a mission. My mission was to come out with whatever I was going in for because I had to pay bills or I had to supply my drug habit, whatever I had to do. Um, if I couldn't get it from one store, I would go to another store. Sometimes I would get up early in the morning and stay out all day and come in until I would have my car full, sometimes dropping things off, making several trips. Because I was stealing, I'd, I'd have to stay high, I'd have to stay drunk, and um, because I was drunk and high and I was miserable, I had to go out and steal to feel better and also to, to support um, my habit to pay these bills. And it was just a continuous thing over and over. And sometimes at night I lay down and cry, you know, what am I doing and what have I done? And I wake up the next morning doing the same thing over and over again. I felt trapped um, in this, this cycle of um, the, the stealing and the, the using, the drinking. Um, I, had, I, I had no way out. And, and I just always felt doomed. I felt that that's what I had to do. I had been doing it for so long and that's what I knew. I felt like I would be one of the women that lived in prison for the rest of their lives or I would suffer from my alcoholism or my drug addiction or eventually die from it. Before coming to People's Church, um, I hadn't been to church in um, years. Maybe I would come to visit someone's church occasionally. Um, as a child growing up, I've had to come to church with my parents every Sunday and um, sit, you know, in the congregation and just not really paying attention to what was going on. And um, when I became an adult, I decided, you know, I didn't want to attend church unless I wanted to, which was hardly ever at all. Now that I have been coming to People's Church, I've been very consistent. Every day I change, and I change for the better. I read my Bible. I'm involved in um, ministry programs. I just really feel a change within myself and a connection that I have now with God. I feel like a whole new, totally different person I know now that I do not have to live like that. And I'm confident with that, and it makes me really feel just totally awesome and dedicated, devoted to the Lord and wanting to be with Him and wanting to live right and do right by Him because that life I no longer want to live and I no longer want to be that type of person. My name is Rochelle Little and my life has been changed.
have a dream to see a church with worldwide influence, a church so large in size that cities and nations are impacted by its ministries, a church growing so quickly that buildings struggle to contain the increase. I have a dream to see a church whose message is so clear that lives are changed forever and potential is fulfilled through the power of his word. I have a dream to see a church so compassionate that people are drawn from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given to see a people that are so kingdom-minded that they count whatever the cost and pay whatever the price to see revival sweep the Oklahoma City Central Area and the entire world. Are you going all in to rock this city with the good news? I have a dream to see a church whose head is here, whose help is the Holy Spirit, whose focus is the Great Commission. And with God's help, that church will be our church, people's church. Let's get crazy. I just want to run off the platform every time I watch that. Amen. Just run around a little bit. <laughs> oh, that's what this is all about. That's what this crazy campaign is all about. It's about life change. It's about the Rochelle Littles finding Jesus Christ and seeing their life transformed by his power. It's about connecting people to God and connecting people to others. It's about seeing this dream come to pass of seeing people who are far, far, far away from God transformed by God. How many know that our God still changes lives? Amen. That's the awesome thing is he's still changing hearts and lives, and, and we're excited about that. If you're a guest today, can I say a huge welcome? Glad that you're here. Let, let me bring you up the speed about what's happening in, in our church today. If you're a guest, um, the Lord's blessed our church over the last five and a half years. We have grown from uh, eight people to o- over 1,600 people uh, that, that are worshiping here on, on any given Sunday, and, and, and the Lord's just done incredible things. We've seen uh, thousands of people Life's changed, and we've seen, I don't know, a couple of thousand people give their heart to the Lord. It's just been really awesome what the Lord has done here. And because of all the growth and the way the Lord has blessed us, uh, we're in four Sunday services back-to-back with 15 minutes in between. And, and, and the church is just growing, and God's doing great things. And uh, because of all that God's doing, we're expanding. In March, we're breaking ground on a 42,000-square-foot facility that's going to give us more kids' space. It's going to give us more lobby space. It's going to give us more parking. It's going to give us more auditorium to reach more people who are far from God and see their life transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. So we've launched this thing called the Crazy Campaign uh, that we're asking all of our regular attenders and church family to pray. It's a spiritual journey that we're hearing from God and seeing what the Lord wants us to do in our involvement in investing in God's kingdom. And I want you to know today, if you're a guest, listen, relax. Uh, don't feel any pressure. We're not asking you to do anything. We don't want you to give a dime. We just want you to sit here today and just check out and listen to the wonderful things that God is doing in this church. I I think you'll really be inspired by just watching and seeing how God is using this group of people to change Oklahoma City and to make a difference for his kingdom. So we're glad that you're here and just check out what God's doing here at People's Church. Regular attenders, Man, God has been doing something in, in my heart and Tiffany and I in our heart as, we, as we've been in this spiritual journey. And it really is a spiritual journey. And as we've been praying, as we've been seeking God about what God wants to do through Tiffany and I uh, to, for, for this campaign, uh, we've grown closer to God. And that's really my prayer is that you would take it serious and pray and seek God. And, and my prayer is that you would grow closer to God as you learn to listen for his voice. And as you step out in crazy faith, you'll be obedient to him and then to watch him provide and supply uh, in the miraculous ways, as he always does. So I'm excited that you're on this spiritual journey with, with, with us. And, and what I want to do today 
is because I, I want to be real transparent because I've wrestled with God uh, through this whole process. And God has just done some things in my heart. He's taken me back to some foundational truths and just reminded them uh, to me during this whole time of seeking God. And I want to be transparent and open my heart up to you and just talk to you for a few moments about what God has been doing in my heart. And during this spiritual journey, the things that God's been ripping away and reminding me of as I've been praying, as Tiffany been, has been praying and seeking God. Point number one, you can follow along with me in, <coughs> excuse me, in your bulletin. The first thing that God has just been doing in my heart and reminding me of is point number one. God's been reminding me that everything I have belongs to God. Everything I have belongs to God. And I can't speak for you today, but sometimes your pastor struggles. And I struggle with thinking that the money and the possessions that God has blessed me with, I struggle with thinking they're mine. I really do. I mean, this is, this is my stuff and, and my possessions, and I'll do what I want to do with them. And, and there's this constant struggle in, inside of me when, when the truth of the matter is everything that I have belongs to God. And, and to make it real personal for you, everything that you have belongs to the Lord. And it's getting to that place of just surrendering and saying, Lord, it's all yours. And I just want to be a faithful steward of what you blessed me with. I don't want to act like an owner. I want to be the steward that you've called me to be. And I want you to turn your Bibles to First Chronicles chapter 29. And, and, and I want to encourage you. I, I, I've done this. And, and I want to encourage you to take time and to read this, this portion of Scripture, First Chronicles chapter 29. And meditate on it this week. Over the next couple of weeks, meditate on it. Let God speak to you. This is when David and the children of Israel were preparing to build a temple for the Lord. And, and they were journeying on a spiritual journey about what they were going to do, about their involvement, about what they were going to give. And God has just challenged me and challenged my heart as I look at David's perspective towards giving to the Lord. As, as I look at how David viewed his stuff and reviewed his wealth, as, as I looked at how David viewed his money and viewed his possession, it blows me away, and God has challenged my heart. Look, listen to this. First Chronicles 29, verse number 9. The scripture says, The people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders, for they had given freely, and this is for the temple to be, to be built, they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. David the king also rejoiced greatly. David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, saying, Praise be to you. O oh Lord, God, our Father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. I want you to notice this was a spiritual journey for David and the people. I mean, here he is praising God. He's worshiping as they have given freely. It's a spiritual journey. And, and he's praising and he's worshiping God for all that the Lord had done through the people. And he goes on to say in verse 11, Yours, O oh Lord, is the greatness and the power and the, and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. Now, now listen to this. For everything in heaven and earth is yours. I don't know how David got to that place. Because most people, even most Christians, don't, don't get to this place of surrender and brokenness. But, but somehow David got to the place where he said, Lord, everything in heaven is yours. But not only in heaven, everything on earth is yours, including me and all the stuff that you provided for me. He goes on to say, yours, O oh, yours, oh Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. You're Lord of everything. Verse 12, he says, wealth and honor come from you. David says, listen, God, you bless me. I'm wealthy. I have more than what I, what I need. But I realize it comes from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power. 
Notice, to exalt and give strength to all. You have the power to give people strength. You have the power to exalt and give strength to all. Verse 13. Now, O God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. Listen to verse 14. This is a powerful verse. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you. Everybody say everything. Notice that everything comes from you. And we have given you only what comes from your hand. He says, listen, God, we, we have given generously to you, and I'm humbled. He says, who am I and who are your people that we, we have given so generously to you? We, we've taken of what you blessed us with, and we've given it back to build the temple, and he's humbled by it. And here's the kicker. He says, Lord, everything that I have comes from your hand. And man, God just challenged my heart. Everything that I have comes from your hand. Because oftentimes we can begin to be begin to think we're self-made people and well pastor i work real hard i work 40 hours a week for my job and and i've got an education and and i've worked hard to get promoted and, and the reason i've got all i've got because i've worked so hard but yet the real question is this who gave you the talent that you have who gave you the mind that you have who gave you those creative thoughts and that work ethic that that you have I mean, isn't it true that everything we have comes from the Lord? And, and I can be guilty. And I begin to think, Lord, I don't even understand why he's blessed me the way he's blessed me. I don't know why God has given me a speaking ability. It doesn't make sense to me. But, you know, I can't take any credit. I can't be prideful. I can't be selfish because the speaking ability that God has given me has come from him. And he disperses his gifts uh, uh, how he sees fit. And, and I don't understand why he's blessed me this way. But to him be all glory and honor and praise. Lord, everything that I have, every talent, every gift, everything comes, comes from you and your hand. And so, Lord, as you have blessed me, what I give back to you is simply what you have already given me and blessed me. I mean, what a perspective that David has regarding his stuff. Listen to verse 15. We are aliens and strangers in your sight as we are, were, all, were all our forefathers. Our days on earth are like a shadow without hope. O Lord, our God, as for all this abundance that we have provided. I mean, God, we have given to you in an, in an extravagant way to, to provide for building you a temple for your holy name. And now listen to David's perspective one more time. God, everything that we've given you, it comes from your hand and all. Everybody say all. I mean, I, I struggle with that. I struggle with that sometimes. And all of it belongs to you. Everything I have belongs to you. And you know what most Christians, here's the deal with most, most Christians. Most Christians, if you talk to them and ask them what they believe, they would say, I really do believe everything comes from God and everything belongs to God. But they just don't live that way. <laughs> Matter of fact, if I was to poll everybody in this church from the 830 service all the way to the last service that starts at 1215, and I talk to everybody that comes to these doors today, most people would tell me this, Pastor, I believe that everything that I have belongs to God. But most of us don't live that way. You see, here's how some Christians live, and, and even I, I can be guilty of this church. I'm just being honest. You, you know, I, I believe in the principle of, of the tithe, and God's Word speaks of it. And, and so every, every $10 I get... The, a dollar belongs to, to the Lord, and I got $10 here, and, and I, I return the tithe to God. And, and I can be guilty of this. I can begin to think that the rest of the $9, it's mine. <laughs> and I'll do what I want with it, Lord. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, you got yours. <laughs> and the rest of it, it bees mine. I know that's not correct English, but that's how I think sometimes. You know what I mean? I just do. I'm being honest. I get selfish. I, 
I, I think that sometimes. And let, let me tell you how most Christians are, because a uh, very smooth, a few small percentage of Christians actually tithe. And here's what most Christians do. They, they receive their paycheck, and they go, Lord, you know, you know how much I love you. Psych! I think I'm going to keep it all, Lord. Yep, I think I'll keep it all and, and do what I want because it's all mine. Thank you, Lord. You're good, but it's all mine. And, and, and Lord, not, not, now, Lord, you know how much I love you. <laughs> Lord, I go to Africa for you. <laughs> I go to China, Indonesia, Brazil. <laughs> Lord, whatever you want, I'll do. But you can't have a dollar. <laughs> you can't have a dollar, Lord. God goes, yeah, right, you do whatever. <laughs> You'll do whatever I want you to do. Yeah. And, and, and the place that, that God wants us is, is, is a place of surrender. And, and God's been working in Tiffany and I's heart, giving above our tithe and and what God wants to do through us. And, and that's what this is about. We, we always return the tithe to God. It, it's his. It belongs to him. It's holy. We don't redirect the tithe for other things. The tithe is how we operate the daily church and the operations of the church and the ministries. And, and Tiffany and I have always had a conviction in giving offerings and supporting missionaries. And, and so we usually do that for the Lord. And, and, and then what, what we have, have had to do is say, Lord, and, and I, it's just been a struggle. But, Lord, the, the other $8 is yours as well. And I put it on the table. And, Lord, I just say... What do you want me to do? I mean, Lord, I want to be like David. Everything that I have belongs to you. And, and boy, as I've been surrendering to God, not, not only had I, have I had to surrender my, the paycheck that, that I get, but, but I said, Lord, the, the checking account that, that Tiffany and I have, it's, it's yours. And, and Lord, I, I don't want to say one thing and live another. And so, Lord, I just surrender it to you. And, and I want you to know that everything that I have, I realize it belongs to you. And, and not just my, my checking account, but God, you've blessed Tiffany and I. And, and we even have a savings account. We've been saving since day one of our marriage. And, and you've blessed us, Lord. And all, all I want you to know is that I realize that everything that I have is yours. And, and I just lay it on, on the table. And God, you, you've even allowed Tiffany and I to be able to speak out. And I'm able to speak at conferences and different events. And, and, and Lord, you, you've blessed us with that. And we even have another whole account. That we have a checking account just for that ministry, Lord. And, and all we want you to know is, is, is God has been tough on Herbert, but I just surrendered all back to you. And I say, Lord, it's yours. And, and you, Lord, you've been so good to us. We even have a retirement account. And, and we've got an Edward Jones retirement account that we invest in every month, Lord. And you have blessed us. And I just want you to know, Lord, everything that we have belongs to you. And, and, and you know, not only has God blessed us with, with that, but... But I want to tell you, let me tell you how much God's blessed us. This is going to blow you away. I even drive a car every day. Oh, yeah. I mean, 95% of the world does not have a, I got a car. And let me tell you, some of you are going to want to quit the church when I tell you this. My wife got a car too. Ah, we both got a car. Oh, yeah, some of you got three or four of them. We got two. We got two cars to drive. And not only that, my, my wife and I, we, we have a house to live in and and we have a key to our house, and, and the Lord's blessed us, and we, we own our own home. And we have a place to lay our head down every night, a place to raise our kids. And, and then I, I don't know what all the rest of these keys are. How many of you got keys in your key ring you don't know what they're for? Amen. <laughs> but how many, come on, how many of you like me, but it makes you feel important? You know, when you pull them out, you know, you're, you don't know what they're all for. But anyways, I got a bunch of keys on here. I don't know what they're for, but I'm not going to take them off because it makes me feel important. But anyways, I just get to the place of saying, Lord, the house is yours. The cars are yours, and the keys, and I don't know what they're for, are, are yours. And, 
Lord, everything belongs to you. And as Tiffany and I have surrendered, it's been a beautiful process of God speaking to our heart. But first, we had to lay it all on the table. As we shared with you last week, but I didn't share with you how we got there, is we put it all before the ta- on the table. And, and then the Lord spoke to us, is, is not only do, are we returning the tithe to God and, and giving offerings, but God spoke to Tiffany and I that our part of this campaign is we're going to give another whole dollar, another 10% of what we earn to the Lord, and it's a huge sacrifice. We've got three kids, and we've got one on the way, but, but God's always been faithful to Tiffany and I. And so, so we're doing that. As we laid it on the table, God spoke to us. And, and in our savings account, God spoke to us, and we're, we're giving two-thirds of that to the campaign on, on February 24th, we'll have a check that we, we give to the Lord on, on day one to two-thirds of that account. And for some of you, that would be a lot of money. For some of you, it wouldn't be that much at all. But for Tiffany, it's a sacrifice. But, but we put it on the table, and, and God's always, always been faithful. And as we surrendered all to God, I said, Lord, everything that we have belongs to you. God, God spoke to us. And, and all the traveling out that I do and speaking out that I do, we, we've committed over the next three years every penny of what we get from conferences and, 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 and income from outside places from speaking. It's going to this campaign. It belongs to the Lord. And it's a huge sacrifice. But Tiffany and I know that God's always been faithful to us. But we had to get to a place to say, Lord, everything that we have belongs to you. And church, I want you to hear my heart. Never do we manipulate. Never would I con you. I just don't believe in it. There's too many shenanigans in the body of Christ, and I'm not one of them. But I challenge you from the Bible to put everything on the table. Because I have a feeling that you're a lot like me. I have a feeling that you really think that everything that you have is yours. And I'm telling you, that's not what the Bible says. Everything that you have is God's. And you have to lay it on the table and say, Lord, because it's all yours, what do you want me to do with your stuff? And as you surrender it all, I'm talking about everything that you have to God. Let him speak to you about your involvement in investing in his kingdom. Over and above your tithe. The tithe takes care of the daily operation. Over and above your tithe, what does God want you to do. And it's beautiful. As you lay, lay it all before God, God's going to speak to you about some of your savings accounts. Some of you got retirement and stocks that you're going to invest into God's kingdom. I mean, you, you, you've got money in your paycheck that you've got excess and leftover that you eat on. And God's going to say, I want you to invest that. And it's going to be a beautiful process as you surrender everything to God. I'm not the Holy Spirit. All I ask is, would you surrender it all to God? I say, God, what is my part, no matter how big or how small, in investing in your kingdom? Because the truth of the matter is, everything that I have is really yours anyways. There's a second thing, as I just open my life up to you today, that God has been doing in my heart. Here's a second thing that that God has reminded me of. Number two is this. God wants my whole heart. God wants my whole heart. This this is truly a spiritual journey because our money and, and possessions are so closely linked to our hearts. Don't miss this, church. How we handle and spend money reveals the condition of our heart. It reveals the condition of our heart. You see, our hearts are very closely linked to our money. That's why some of you are feeling some very strange emotions today. Matter of fact, as I talk about money and possessions and surrendering to God today, some of you are uncomfortable right now. I mean, you're faking it because you're good at it, but you're uncomfortable and you're uneasy, and you're kind of, oh, surrendering, huh? Let me tell you why. Because your money and your heart are closely linked together. Now, let me tell you some of the emotions some of you are having. Some of you, as I talk about surrendering to God and everything is God, some of you today, you know, let me tell you what you are. You're mad. You're upset right now. Matter of fact, you're going to go home. You're not going to have fried chicken. You're going to have fried preacher. I can't believe everything. I'll tell, tell you, that preacher, I'll tell you, all preachers want your money. I'm not that. That's how you feel. And let me tell you why you feel that way. 
because your money and possessions are so closely linked to your heart. See, if I was talking today about healing, oh, God's a healer. Amen, preacher, glory. Surrender everything to God. Oh, Lord Jesus, I don't know about all that. I don't know about all that. Because your, your money, it is, is closely linked to your heart. Matter of fact, here's what David says. After David says, Lord, we've given generously to you. We've given extravagantly to you. And Lord, we realize everything that we have come from your hand. The very next verse, verse 17. Listen to what David says in 1 Chronicles 29. I know, my God, that you test the heart and are pleased with integrity. God, I realize one of the ways that you really test our hearts is how we handle what you've blessed us with. I realize, Lord, one of the ways you determine the condition of our heart. It's how we handle what you've blessed us with. And we can say one thing with our mouth, but do another thing with our life. Because our money is so closely connected and tied to our heart. And David goes on to say, all these things have I given willingly and with honest intent. Nobody manipulated me. Nobody conned me. I was led by God, and I gave it willingly to the Lord. And now I have seen with joy how willingly your people who are here have given to you. I want you to get here. I really do, church. Hear me today. This is my heart for you, and, and, and the Lord's helped Tiffany and I to, to get here. We see, whenever you, you really surrender everything to God, and you really understand that everything belongs to the Lord, when God asks you to return something back to Him to invest in His kingdom, you do it with joy. And can I, this may sound crazy to some of you, I'm really excited about taking another 10% of our income and giving it to the crazy campaign. I'm excited about dumping two-thirds of our savings and investing it in God's kingdom. I'm excited. Pre- preacher, you're crazy. No, when you're surrendered to Christ, it's a joy. It's a joy. And David says, listen, Lord, and now I have seen with joy how willing your people who are, who, who are here have given to you. They're not given to the church. They're not given to the temple. Everything they're given, Lord, it is to you to honor you, to be obedient to you. Verse 18, O Lord, God of our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Listen to what he says. Keep this desire in the hearts of your people forever. You see, God, I understand that how we handle our money is closely connected to our hearts. And, Lord, don't let your people get greedy. Don't let them get selfish. Don't let them get full of pride. Don't let them say one thing with their mouth and do another thing with their life. But, Lord, keep this desire of them being generous towards you. Keep the desire in their hearts that they understand everything that they have comes from you. Keep it in their hearts forever and keep their hearts loyal to you. Don't let their hearts drift like it's so easy to do in our consumer society. Don't let their hearts drift and start chasing after money and chasing after stuff and dissing God and putting God on the back burner because how we handle our money and spend our money is so closely linked to our hearts. And David says, oh God, keep our hearts loyal to you. And Jesus says the same thing in Matthew 6 and verse number 21. He says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. It doesn't matter what you say with your mouth, where your treasure is. If it's at the mall, that, that's where your heart is. If, if it's all about you and what you want, that's where your heart is. If it's in God's kingdom, that's where your, heart, where your treasure is. You see, how you handle and spend your money is so closely linked to your heart. And that's why Jesus goes on to say in that three verses later in Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Notice it didn't say God and the devil. Oh, no. No, the biggest competition for your heart is your money. You cannot serve both God and money. And so many people try to. But they're never successful. You can never serve both God and money. You can come to church regularly and still serve money. You can sing worship songs and money's still in control of your life. 
you can even be religious and still serve money. But there's no way, there's no way that you can serve both God and money. There's a couple in our church, uh, they're campaign directors. They've been going through this spiritual journey with us. And God's been doing some awesome things in their heart as they've surrendered all to God. And said, God, what do you want us to do over and above our tithe? And I just want you to hear the things that God is doing in their hearts. Check out this video. Hi, People's Church. I'm Bob Burke. And I want to share with you about uh, my wife, my incredible spiritual journey that we've been going through. I know Pastor Cooper's burden, and we share that burden. Our family shares his burden of winning every soul we can in the Oklahoma City area for, for Christ. You know, I, I've believed for many years that the only thing that really matters in life besides our own personal salvation is how many people do we take with us. And what an incredible opportunity that the Burke family has to be part of a great process of building a facility that we can reach even more people. We, we, we prayed about it and we thought that, well, everything we have is God's anyway. And then we thought, okay, what can we afford? But then we believed that God would have us move a step beyond that of not just what we can afford, but what can we give? What, how big a part can we play in reaching the goal of, of reaching every lost soul that we can in Oklahoma City? As a board member at People's Church, I've been able to be behind the scenes and see what incredible accountability we have. And that means a lot to me. Uh, when we give to God's kingdom, it's very important to have accountability. I've been on church boards for years, and but I've never seen uh, as much accountability as we have at People's Church. It's incredible. But that accountability is necessary when the, we have this high purpose that we're giving our funds to. So we, in going through this process, have, have just thought that we continue to pray. God, stretch us. Stretch us. Let us be part of this great work. Let us be part of being able to give more than we ever thought we could give so that more lost people in Oklahoma City can come to know the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. People's Church, Shemaine and I challenge you to go through the process just like we've gone through. Pray about it. And, and ask God to tell you not what you can afford to give to the crazy campaign, but what He wants you to give. How He wants to stretch you how that we can all accomplish this great goal. People's Church, we're putting it all on the table. I love what Bob says as I watched this video this week as our media team put it together and I was able to watch it here towards the end of the week and the statement that jumped out at me was the last statement. We're putting it all on the table. And that's what it's all about. If if I could sum up this message with one verse, this would be it. Romans chapter 12, verse number 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do, do, do you know why, why, why so many Christians struggle with surrendering it all to God and, and they struggle with, with returning the tithe to God and, 
And they, they struggle with, with saying everything is yours, God. We lay it all on the table. Do you know why so many Christians struggle? Because they haven't lived Romans 12.1. They're not a living sacrifice. See, God's not so interested in your stuff as he is you. And you know what God wants? You see, God wants you to get on the table. See, that's what God wants. You see, God wants you. You see, God doesn't want a dead sacrifice. You're no good to him when you're dead. He wants a living sacrifice that is surrendered to him. And yet most Christians live life like this and, and they never get on the table. So they struggle with selfishness and they struggle with greed and, and they're doing their own thing. And God says, listen, you want to have a spiritual act of worship? All I want is for you to crawl up and say, God, I give you my life. I give you my heart. I give you everything. And Lord, along with my life, because my family, along with giving you my life, because my career, along with giving you my life, because my friends, along with giving you my life, because my checkbook and my savings and my outside money and my house and my paycheck and my... Lord, it's all yours. And Lord, today I, I give you my life. Can I ask you something, church? Would you quit playing games? Would you quit going through the motions? Would you become a living sacrifice? Would you quit trying to play games with God? And, you know, oh, here you go, Jesus. Lord, you know I love you. It's had my hand. Oh, you, I, I, no, 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 no. Get on the table and say, Lord, I give you my entire life. I'm a living sacrifice. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll go wherever you want me to go because I'm yours. God gets your life. He'll get everything he speaks you'll listen but first you got to get on the table lord thanks so much for our time together